Shalom, Jim. Shalom, Rabbi. Greetings to all of our wonderful viewers and listeners. Today is, as we go to Mike, the 31st day of our war for survival, really. That's clearly what it is, uh, becoming more and more clear every day. And once again, here we are without the uh, good offices of our professional producer. So uh, it is what it is. I feel I feel very, um, it's hard to describe. It's hard to describe, you know, it's like we're, we're in some sort of a vortex. And uh, some, to some extent, I feel barely alive, really, barely alive, because there's so much pain and suffering um, and uh, it's kind of like there's nothing that's really relevant or, or meaningful anymore except for um, what all of this means and, and uh, the, the, the bigger picture, you know. And on the other hand, there are these, there are these tremendous um, illuminations of grandeur, of greatness, of beauty, of unity that are shining through, you know, you know, I'm saying we're we're so we're in, embedded so deeply in the fabric of this existential crisis, you know, and and there's nobody that's not involved, and it's so powerful, and it's affecting, uh, you know, the Jewish people all all over the world, and and I see that it's affecting the whole world as well, as we've been talking about, you know, week after week, the concept of the masks falling, the concept of making a stand for what's right, so uh, you know, it's. You mentioned it to me before we even began recording today, how Hashem is churning things up, you know, and that's exactly yeah. it, you know, like the, the, um, this churning up of everything is so powerful that we're in the middle of something that is so um, significant, you know, for, for, for all time. And so, you know, I think I mentioned to you last week, you know, the, the tendency that everyone has is to is to try to peg everything that's going on in a category. In this, wow. you know, especially people that are that are God fearing, that ha that have a relationship with Hashem, that study Torah, that look for these things, and that believe in in all of the prophecies and that believe in the timeline of the redemption. So people are looking to this prophecy and that prophecy and trying to and trying to square things away, as it were, you know, kind of get the ducks in a row. And I think that's, like I said, a very uh, reasonable tendency, and it's a very understandable kind of human need for order and and, and to be in some sort of a, a position of of uh, being, um, you know, on top of things. But uh, it doesn't work. It doesn't work, really. It doesn't work because um, there's so much that we don't know. There's so much that we don't understand. Yeah, we're we're certainly, um, uh, I think, urged to try to try our best to understand. But the main the main thing is that n there's nothing there's nothing going on that can in any way um, topple or or even threaten the the um, you know the underpinnings of our of our belief because we believe in the creator of the universe and we know that that we're going to win, you know, and we yeah. and we know that he's on our side. The thing is that we're that we're going through a a, a, a period of of, of a tremendous tremendous spiritual upheaval. I think it's amazing that we we reached a time on this planet that the word Jerusalem and Israel is on everyone's lips for better or for worse. Right, exactly. So that it's that sea of existential angst that we are that we are in the midst of it's like and and honestly you know when the midrashim talk about the fact that in the future at the time of um, this great up, upheaval preceding the redemption there's going to be a, like a wave of destruction in the world you know god promised this is back in parashat noah he promised that he wouldn't destroy the world again by water <laughs> right water. that he wouldn't destroy the world again by water um and then the sages talk about the fact that the, the the great flood of retribution at the time of Noah did not enter into the land of Israel. Did you know that? The land of Israel was not affected by the flood, and so too, and so too, the, the midrash relates that in the future, at that at this time of retribution, Eretz Israel, the land of Israel, is going to literally be the Noah's Ark of the whole world. So, so that's an amazing thing because right now, like you say, all eyes are focused on the turmoil in the land of Israel. Thinking, you know, and Jim, you know how many people there are in the world right now that are saying that's the last place that I would want to go to, right? But, but well, yeah. the people, the people that are here, you know, you, you know, the people that are here, your friends, 
it's like I don't know anybody that doesn't want to be here that would that would consider leaving. You know, I'm still getting offers from beautiful people on on Facebook and posts, you know, and friends and and uh, students that are saying, you know, like uh, if you know anybody that's trying to escape, you know, give, give them my house. I'd be honored if anybody needs. I don't know anybody that wants to leave, and I and right. and, and it's not it's not like that. This is the place to be. You know, and it's yeah. not about like, oh, front row seat. I'm saying this, we do know that this is the, the Noah's Ark. And we have to go through well, the but, things that we, that, we, that we have to go through, but this, this angst, right? This angst. And yeah. why, am I, why am I saying that I personally feel like sometimes like that I'm barely alive? Because, Jim, how much, how much pain can the human heart take? You know, how much pain that can the human heart take? And there's so many, so many people that, that are suffering so much horrific loss, so many children without parents you know so many unborn children that, that that are expected to come into the world soon whose fathers have just been killed uh, you know a, 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 a nine-month-old baby that's that's kidnapped by by hamas you know and nobody's heard a word is that baby alive or not it's just it's endless you know the the, the description of of what's going on so uh, it, it's very very exhausting emotionally very taxing oh, I, I, and, we're, and we're doing our best you know to yeah. to spread you know um uh, hope and help to, to everyone and the bottom line again and i'll conclude the bottom line is of course you know this is all hashem's plan and yeah. and uh for everyone that I see, you know the ripples that are going on in the land of Israel and in the, in the fabric of the nation. It's just unbelievable what's coming to the surface. The 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 beautiful self identification of of Judaism and the feeling of people that I've even been. I'm not I'm not saying everyone. I'm, I'm saying there's, I'm sure there are still people that are maintaining their disbelief. But but the but the 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 wave of this tremendous feeling of repentance and unity and love and returning to Hashem that's going through the nation is it's more than remarkable it's it's it, it's staggering so i'm saying this is all the will of the creator and our and our job at this point in the, in the in the midst of this sea of angst is to is to rally and and to and to have the mindfulness to understand that this is a this is a stage in all the things that that we need to clarify, you know, before the redemption. Again, I'm not plugging it into this verse or that verse. I'm saying, obviously, this is this is something that you know, huge. And rather than define exactly what, what and, and put those words into Hashem's mouth, the main the main you know divine service that we have to have is to have the faith and simplicity and and uh, and wherewithal and fortitude and strength and courage to understand that this is exactly. What we need to do now, first and foremost, we need to wipe out Amalek. If any of our Jewish friends haven't, you know, who are straddling the fence or whatever position they're taking, if they say, well, it's not safe in Israel, where is it safe for a Jew today? And so, Jim, they marched to the gate of the White House and they were chanting, right. we don't want a Jewish state, we want 48, right? Referring to 1948, when, of course, yeah. five Arab armies attacked the fledgling state of Israel seeking its destruction. And this is what's going on openly in Sweden in front Very, of the synagogue at Malmo. Yeah. You know, bomb Israel, destroy the Jews. It's all yeah. it's all about... And they're uh, very organized. They're yes. very organized and they're very well funded. Because the, because the hallmark of... of these aren't they're just something flared up and decided people went out and made their own... They've all got printed signs. They've got Palestinian flags. You know, it's a very well-funded, well. I saw a film in, of a of a of a rally, a rally in Philadelphia where they climbed up to a statue of Benjamin Franklin and put a kaffee on his head. Yeah, that's they, uh, they turned they turned him into a Palestinian. Yeah. Listen, then then you have someone like um, former President Obama. Mm -hmm. Never was a friend of Israel. Exhibited a very strong uh, dislike for Netanyahu, but it wasn't about Netanyahu. It was about Israel. It was about anyone representing, uh, uh, like the uh, wherewithal uh, of survival for Israel, right? So, not not even to talk about Obama's policies and everything that he did whitewashing Iran, but you know he made a statement that uh, the attack against. Uh, against Israel was was horrible, but you have to understand that the occupation of Palestine is unbearable. 
Right. So it's excusable. Right. So does he have exactly, exactly? And and the first of all, the statement that he made was that the, you know, the attack was horrific, and there's no justification for it. That whenever anyone says that, it's like it just seems to me so strange that a person has to say. There's no justification for raping women, for cutting pregnant women's bellies open, for burning b babies alive, for executing entire families. There's no justification for that, which because really what he's saying is that there might be, you know, do I need to be told that there's no justification for butchery? So there's no justification for it, but there that enters yeah. in that whole moral equivalency crazy thing. But the occupation of is unbearable to the Palestinians, again, a Jewish foot was not present in Gaza since 2005, since September right. 25th, 2005. So what occupation exactly are you are you talking about, right? Yeah. So so and then he had made the statement about about the colonialism, the colonialism of the settler enterprise in in the West Bank. But again, you can't colonize colonize something that belongs to you. If it's if right. it's yours, you're not an occupier. I already knew that Obama was not going to be good for Israel, which is the reason I I never I didn't vote for him, and, and that because that was our acid test. Because whatever is good for Israel is good for the world. That's that's the that's what I live by, and and uh, I, I I've told you this before. I remember I was in Cairo, Egypt, the day that he was inaugurated. And I, I decided to look up because we talk about the Torah Parsha being always being uh, echoing the, the headlines of the day, right? So I was in, I was on, I was doing work in, in Cairo. I was doing some some uh, filming, some video. Uh, anyway, I, I, I thought I got to look up the Torah Parsha for this week, the the week that the the the, uh, and it was the first the first time he was elected, and the Torah Parsha that week was Shemot. Which of course has the line, "There arose a king." It didn't say Pharaoh. It said, "There arose a king who knew not Joseph." And I thought, "Boy, howdy!" As we used to say in Texas. The question is: Is he reflecting? Is he reflecting opinion, or is he setting? Is he setting opinion that that mindset that that ilk that Israel is that the Jewish people basically deserve their fate that we are that it's our fault that we are responsible. Again, you know, like, a, 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 and for the, for those listeners that might, you know, think like that this is a broken record because for the past few broadcasts, this is what we're talking about. This is what we're going to be talking about as long as as long as it's going on, because this is yeah. not only a question of life and death, and it, literally you are on the cusp of history because we are watching Israel struggle for its very survival all over again. But this time, it's it's everything is at stake. But first of all, not only is that the case, but it's also the same thing for the West, because the West is in tremendous danger. And Israel, like yeah. I said, when I talked about dying for your sins facetiously, this is the litmus test. Everything that we're going through here is just the forerunner of what the, of what Islamic plan is for the West. So that mm -hmm. so everyone here has a stake. But but besides all of that, this is the living Torah. This is like you say about the Torah abortion. This is exactly what this is all about and again the creator of the universe has has a plan for all of us to return to him in love and in unity and that's really what this is all about i, be I believe that this is this is like a almost like a last-ditch effort that the creator is making to try and broadcast to to humanity what is real what has value what is worth fighting for what humanity is really all about because what we're what we are dealing with here is the inverse of humanity and that's the yeah. thing like boris johnson was just here and and he it was very very encouraging you know he, and he spoke about um you know uh, he, he came to show his support and solidarity and he and you know with everything that's going on in london he he said those that are marching and and calling out free palestine that and they're condoling they're condoning the brutality of, of hamas and it's just unbelievable so he he just put it straight out and he said he said this was the worst atrocity massacre of the jewish people that we've seen since the second world war that's exactly true so that's why we're talking about a week after week because it's it's totally unthinkable and it staggers the mind to think that in 2023, this is what happened, that, that, that 1,400 Jews were brutally murdered in one day, that 240 were kidnapped, including babies, 
that uh, people were, were were set on fire. That, just the the unbelievable dimensions of of this massacre. And like a, for like what seemed like a few minutes, like maybe the first few days, there was a certain kind of uh, gasp, you know, like in the world. But of course, now that we are doing not not what we're doing, we're not doing what we're doing to teach Hamas a lesson. We're doing what we're doing because we learned our lesson, hopefully, because we learned wow. our lesson, and no one else is going to be responsible, you know, you know, to do this. But it, it's just it, it goes so much deeper. What what it is that we are fighting, and they've already said that they're going to do it over and over again. But Jim, I have to be honest with you about what's going on. I have to be honest with you, just from my own understanding. You know, I, I have I have uh, people that are close to me that are involved on various levels uh, in in the fighting, and and so I, I got to tell you, what is the end game? Is also very very worrisome. What is the end game? Because on the one hand, you know, uh, I know that the state of Israel isn't interested in controlling Gaza isn't interested in running it or, and isn't interested, unfortunately, in returning to it as far as settling there and living there. It is the land of Israel, right? Mm -hmm. And so the state of Israel doesn't seem to be interested in that. So so what is the end game? What is, what is going to happen once Hamas is routed? So the, the, the speculation, which is becoming more and more uh, factual in terms of being attributed to this or that official, is that Basically, it's going to be some sort of a Palestinian state. Uh, Blinken was meeting with Abbas, the head of the Pal so-called Palestinian Authority, and Abbas is willing to consider uh, taking responsibility for the Gaza Strip if it will include the West Bank, a contiguous Palestinian state with East Jerusalem as its capital. So what does that mean exactly? Does it, does it mean that our children are fighting this war not to defend the Jewish people, and not to ensure our security, but in order to prepare a Palestinian state for Mahmoud Abbas, the, the, the Nazi who, by the way, wrote his doctorate, doctorate in the University of Moscow on Holocaust denial. Is that what we're, is that what we're preparing for? So I, I did see a, a statement that apparently was made also by an official that no, Israel will, will always assume now a new level of, of security supervision for the Gaza Strip. I don't know. But this takes me to to so this is one concern, a major concern that, that on the again on the just on the simple geopolitical level. Before we get to Hashem's level, because the, what does this mean? Hashem runs the show, and he run and and he is the one in whose hands are the hearts of all of those that are in charge, right? But this is a is a bit disquieting. This idea that you know what is what is the end game? What is the plan for for Gaza, right? But I gotta say something else, okay? And listen to me so carefully, everybody, because this is so important. Because you have Hamas, which is now at least understood by most reasonable people to be a terrorist organization, although the BBC won't call it a terrorist organization, and Russia won't call it a terrorist organization, and Russia says that Israel has no right to defend itself because Israel is an occupier, and all the crazy things that people are saying all over the world, right? And all those that are marching for for for, for, for Hamas and ripping down the posters of the of the of the kidnapped people who does that? <laughs> Why would someone rip down the face of a child that is in the hands of a, of a savage terrorist organization? I don't know. I guess because they're Jews. Because again, who else could get away with this? You know, I'm saying who who else who else would be who would, would be able to be treated in this manner if it wasn't the Jews? If it was any other group that was suffering this kind of a blow, everybody would be united. But because it's the Jews, you know, it's a whole different story as far as the whole woke world is concerned, most of it. So this is where I'm going with this, Jim. I've got to say something so important. You have Hamas, right? Hamas has a charter, which is which calls for the destruction not only of the state of Israel, but of every Jew everywhere. But not only that, Hamas calls for Islamic law throughout the world. Hamas's real goal is to destroy Judaism and Christianity. You know that, right? Right. Yeah. So, so that that that's Hamas's plan, and and it comes from a certain kind of religious fervor in terms of its interpretation of the Quran, and that's where what Hamas is at. So you can brand it if you if you want, like a religious extremist terrorist organization. Then you have the Palestinian Authority, so called, mm -hmm. which is the which is what the PLO 
became. Remember the PLO in the days of Yasser Arafat? It was known sure. to be the, a horrible, savage uh, terrorist organization that, that murdered and, and, and many, many Jews, right? PLO became the Palestinian Authority. And that is in what's called the West Bank, meaning biblical Judea and Samaria, right? So what is the difference? So the, the, so the Palestinian Authority also has a charter, and it also calls for the destruction of Israel. Same one. But it's, but it's leaning in orientation rather than being like an, an extremist religious organization like Hamas. It's a nationalist organization. It's more, it's more like a secular nationalist organization, okay? But it's the same thing, basically, and countless, countless horrendous murders have been perpetrated by Palestinians, terrorists from the Palestinian Authority in Judea and Samaria, including Palestinian uniformed policemen yeah. who uh, uh, supposedly are our security partners every single day. Jim, you know where my children live. You know those roads. You know what goes on. You know about the attacks, the, the shooting attacks. You know about Khawara. You know about all the things that the murders that happen in the Palestinian Authority. But now get this. Okay, and then for some people, this is not new or, or even something to raise their eyebrows about, but I think it's worth mentioning, okay? Look, see this? This is a copy of a pay stub, right? A pay slip from a salaried employee from the Palestinian Authority that was taken off the body of one of the Hamas terrorists who participated in the massacre of the communities on the 7th of October. Okay, so this was in his pocket. It's a pay slip from the pal. He was an employee of the Palestinian Authority. So what? What? what, what? Hired, yeah, he was a hired hitman. Let's say he's getting his salary from the Palestinian yeah. Authority, but but everybody's talking about that. The hope, as it were, of the Palestinians is going to be the Palestinian Authority. They're going to have their own state, and they'll take over Gaza for us. And it's going to be with the West Bank and East Jerusalem. Everything's going to be fine because there are peace partners. This is horrific. It's absolutely the same thing. Does any but that's that is the elephant in the room, and that's where we need someone to be able to say that the emperor is not wearing anything, because that's really what no. this is all about. It's about the 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 plan that you and I have discussed. That was already that was already discussed decades and decades ago. The whole ruse of Palestinian identity, the whole the whole ploy. Of, of of this Palestinian nationalism, which is just a concerted effort by the Arab world to destroy Israel. Yeah. So that's where well, we're going with this. But I'm saying, I'm saying, I, I, can anybody yeah. say anything to me about yeah. Abbas and about the Palestinian Authority once something like this has surfaced? But it's like well, another yawn because because who cares? What is I think stark about what's going on is is that within within just a day or two of Israel picking up arms and defending themselves against these atrocities and these rockets that never stop falling, suddenly and, and as we speak, organs. they're still falling now. As we speak, yeah, they're still yeah. falling now. These mass rallies against Israel and the Jewish people, and make no mistake, they're making they're making no distinction. And by the way, I don't want to make a distinction. I believe that I believe that Israel is a Jewish state. Thank God. We need a Jewish state because the world needs a Jewish state. And by the way, I think the joke is on the Palestinian people that want to claim that name. Why did the Jews call them uh Philistim? Philistim? Because what is the root of the word Philistim? Is Philosh? Yeah. They were invaders. Philosh actually means without a country. And so that's what the and that and really that's literally what these people are anyway. And they're not they're not stateless because of They're being kept in refugee status. It's this, this is part what? of the ploy for the it's UN to PR. keep them in after all these decades to keep them in refugee st status. Jordan doesn't want them to go there. Egypt doesn't want right. them to go there. This is part of the of the pressure that's brought on Israel. In the meantime, all this this um, unfathomable network of tunnels that that Hamas has spent millions and millions and millions build, building it's hundreds of miles of tunnels right so now israel has published uh, uh you know uh, uh, concrete uh, concrete evidence that the main headquarters <laughs> the main yeah. headquarters of 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 the Hamas compound of the of of its uh, military headquarters is underneath the biggest hospital yeah right so yeah. This, it's just another example of this, this tremendous 
and uh, a cynical uh, use of the civilian population to use for as a human shield for terror purposes. So they're firing on the IDF from 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 the hospital. Underneath the hospital, the IDF has proven the ambulances. They use the ambulances when, right, when the IDF opened up the human corridor and, and they, so the, so the Hamas terrorists began firing on the soldiers. There had been an agreement that will open up a human, a humanitarian corridor for people to be able to move south. And 800,000 already moved towards the south, but Hamas is preventing other people from leaving because they want to be able to use them. So when they opened up the human, the, 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 the corridor, they started firing them, they're firing on them from the hospital. The IDF also proved that underneath this hospital, they have 500,000 liters of fuel stored but they're not giving it to the citizens they're not allowing the citizens to to uh, uh, benefit from the aid that's coming and also it's already been proven that in the crates of aid there were oxygen machines that they needed to keep the tunnels going all sorts of things they they also idf this week sh shared footage that they were able to to determine and locate rocking rocket launching launching positions from schools from a playground it's just it's just it goes on and on and on and and then the world accuses israel of being uh, of creating a humanitarian crisis and of and of uh, right. not being careful about the civilian population we the air force dropped one and a half million flyers in northern gaza and made over twenty thousand phone calls to keep people in the area in order to get the civilian population to evacuate yeah but what could we do? It's 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 a war, right? I mean, I mean, uh, this is the situation. I can't explain people wanting to believe that that uh, that Israel defending itself is some sort of some kind of war crime. It's madness. It's the crime is the existence of the Jewish people. That's why anti-Semitism has yeah. has has taken off all over the world. There's been there's been one thousand forty incidents in France of anti-Semitic attacks since the war began, 1,040 in, in France. And uh, that's how Israel is being portrayed as, as the, the, the uh, villain that is uh, attacking innocent people. Because again, either, either people are choosing to believe this or they're not interested in believing the truth. I'm not going to try to convince anybody anymore. Forget about it. But obviously, like it's just so maddening because there are those that just hate. And again, either they choose to remain ignorant, or they choose to hate Jew to hate Jews as a, as a matter of choice. But but yeah. the parallels that people are drawing and the and the and the way that it's being framed is is so horrific. It's like we basically don't have a right to to protect ourselves. We don't have a right. It's disproportionate because. We don't have a right to make sure that it's that it's not going to happen again. When it when the leaders of Hamas are, are stating that it will happen again, that it will yeah. happen again. So so it's it's just and, amazing. And, and, it's any, amazing. Any you know you live with this thing for 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 decades and decades and, and you know you know how these people you know how they think you know how how the the the, the Palestinians so called think you know how Hamas thinks. Why would they ever change? But Jim, what uh, do I know? Do you know how the people in New York think, or the people in Chicago think, or in LA, or in Boston, or in? I don't think in, they uh, think. Uh, no, I, because I, this I, is they, the question. Because what we're seeing, yeah. and, and I, it's you know, obviously for the Jews of the land of Israel, it's a it's a tremendous uh, challenge. Yeah. But what about the Jews all over the world, and all of those who love them, and who love Hashem, and who and who embrace the Torah? What what's going on is so. Um, significant in the history of mankind because right. the Jews outside of the land of Israel are also being challenged in their very right to exist because because yeah. this is it's not a political issue it's got nothing to do with the state of Israel it's got nothing to do with Zion, with Zionism when people stand outside a synagogue in in Sweden and demand the death of Israel they're talking about the Jewish people and and some of the chants and all of and in the protests and rallies that are going on all over the world are calling for the death of the Jews and and in France a, a woman was stabbed and a swastika was was carved into her door and this is going on all over everywhere this is this is about Jewish identity that's is really what it's about and, and you have to you know you have to be your why because because we're defending ourselves from the from the worst you know the worst attack that that's been perpetrated against our people since since Auschwitz. We're defending ourselves against that, and this is the reaction of of people. So what 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 does it really mean? What can it feel like to be a, a Jewish man or woman or child standing on the streets of Washington D.C. this past week, 
and watching the mobs calling for their blood. People who are supposed to be educated, these mobs, and and taking what they think is the moral high ground. And I, I mean, I, I, I think that Hashem is reaching out to every man, woman, and child in these cities and saying, do you think it's safe to live here anymore? Do you think it's safe to be? And 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 Rabbi, for us too, you know those those who embrace Torah and we 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 recognize you as our priesthood. And I'm not making this up; it's right there in God's word that that you are this nation of priests. I, I hear what you're saying, uh, but the yeah. simplification the simplification of what it means to be a Jew in the world and what we're supposed to be doing here and what Hashem says, for example, in Isaiah where He says, "You are my witnesses." Mm-hmm. And I always, for years, I've, I've been saying, you know, what, what does it mean to be the chosen people? You know, this is something that the, that the, the haters of Israel use against us, that, that we're called the chosen people. We didn't choose the title. It's Hashem's title. It's in the Bible, God right? Changes. But, what, but yeah. what does it mean exactly? It, it doesn't mean that we're the best businessmen or, oh. or, or doctors or anything like no. that, which is true. But that's not yeah. what the, it's not <laughs> what it really means, or, or yeah. comedians. That's not what it means. What it, what it means is that Hashem chose Israel to bring the light of God into the world and to prove that right. He exists. And everything about Israel yeah. is a testimony to the existence of God. And that's what there are people in the world that don't want. There, that It goes back to Nimrod. It goes back all the exactly. way through history. Nimrod and, and Haman and Hitler and everyone that came against Israel and Pharaoh, they're coming against the God of Israel and the Philistines. And that's and that's really what this is all about. So, so it's, you know, I, I can't imagine the anxiety of the Jewish people outside the land of Israel. I know, I know what our anxiety is, but it's localized and it's focused and it's right. very, and it's very, very, um, it's very, very um, constructive. The anxiety that we're going through because it's re it's really bringing out the best, I think, in everyone yeah. that's here. But as far as my, my brethren, brothers and sisters that are outside the land, I feel very bad that they're watching all this from afar, because it's not really Israel that's on trial in the eyes of the world. It's morality. It's the it's the standard the standard of the of what is the bar of humanity. That's really what what's going on. Because again, it, like 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 has been said by sane and rational leaders, when people can come out and rally in defense of Hamas, and 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 ignore what happened here and what is going to happen if they get their way and and rip down the posters of children that are being held by this brutal monster and say, no, no, no there's nothing to see there. Who, who yeah. could possibly object to a poster of a, of a child that's being held either away from its parents or its parents were already murdered, right? Mm -hmm. And like, no, 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 there's nothing to, all, all over the world, there's all these videos of people pulling down the posters they shouldn't be seen, like they deny that this, this is even going on, right? So what's really on trial here, what's really in a state of flux, What's really in some sort of a dynamic movement of Hashem is basically the collective consciousness of humanity is right. is, is, is basically in, in some sort of a state of reformation now. Again, that, that idea of people taking a stand and making a choice, that's what this is really all about. And the, and the world is drastically changed, drastically changed. And, and and like you said, people that are educated or are supposed to be educated, people in important positions, the things that are coming out of people's mouths now, celebrities that we're supposed to care about, influencers, the things that they're saying about Israel, yeah, it's 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 it boggles the mind. But they didn't say anything about about the massacre. And it's, again, no, it's not can't. even just about the massacre; it's about the intention. Yeah. It's about the intention right. behind it. Yeah. Well, they, they, to me, this kind of silence almost says chillingly, well, you deserved it. That's it's, exactly what I... It's not almost. This is the position. This is the position. Yeah, if a person like Obama yeah. could say that, you know, well, the, 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 the uh, occupation for the Palestinians is unbearable and you can't, and there's this terrible co colonization in the West Bank and he's talking about our own homeland, that building a home in the land of Israel is called being a colonizer. That's where this is coming from. Remember when James Baker, the, the Secretary of State, when they got together for, uh, I don't think it was, um, it was one of the, the uh, wasteful meetings to get together and bring the Palestinians and, and create a two-state solution. 
he said, well, we're going to talk about these things, but we're going to ignore history. When you brought up we James Baker, to... I, I thought you were going to recall that he's the one who said, F the Jews, they don't vote for us anyway. Well, he probably did. I'm sure he yeah, that did. Was a, that was a famous quotation. Yeah, yeah, because our, our USA Department doesn't have a great track record when it comes to the Jewish people, especially the, the Jewish people in the state of Israel. They've always been, they've always have, have embraced the other side. And they're the ones. It was like that during the Holocaust, Jim. It was like that in terms of in terms of bombing the railroad tracks that led to Auschwitz. It was like that when Jonathan Pollard tried to tried to warn the State Department about the plans of Iraq. It's this narcissistic tendency that has gripped the, the planet and says, "I am from." It's self-worship, exactly, which is the ultimate idolatry. Right. It is the ultimate idolatry because when you worship your own opinion, and that's what it is, it's an opinion, and you ignore the truth, the, the existential and the eternal truth of Torah, uh, you can't handle that. You can't handle being given instructions by a creator that you say is some idea. It's, it's like in Persia when the, the leadership of Persia in the time of Esther said, well, the Jewish God is dead. He's fallen asleep. That's what people, that's what people, the people that are out there marching the streets, they want us to believe that. Because, because Rabbi, if they can destroy you, they can destroy, I, they can destroy the idea of God in the world. It's that simple. And, and, and that's what I see on the streets today. I that's see. why Nimrod wanted to throw Abraham into the fiery furnace, because he really right. wanted to kill God. That's really what it's all exactly. about. Exactly. But, so, but, uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. You know, you know. Uh, speaking about the synchronicity of the Torah portions, this Torah portion of Chayei Sarah is unique, beginning in Genesis 23, because there's really only on, only two topics in the whole Torah portion. Right. And so it's a very tight unit, you know. And so it's it, it, people have a hard time expounding on it because it's basically two things: it's the death of Sarah, and then it's this whole tremendously long treatment of finding a wife for Yitzchak, for Isaac. Right. Yeah. And 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 uh, so it's amazing for a, no, a number of reasons. One is because, of course, as we always talk about the idea that the Torah portion is about the death of Sarah, but yet it's called the life of Sarah. Right. The, the, yeah. Exactly. And yeah. Uh, and the the thing is that it's. It's the first time that there's on record in Torah the death of a person and their and their burial and their eulogy, even though certainly countless countless people from you know many many generations have been dying and were buried presumably in the world before Sarah. Yet we know that there's this idea that the first time something is mentioned in Torah is like the is like the um, the main root of it, as it were, on the spiritual right. level of the things, the lessons that it has to impart to us. And so we always look for when something is mentioned the first time in Torah. This is the first time that we find uh, someone eulogizing, uh, Abraham eulogizes his life partner, Sarah, and buys a plot for her, which of course has tremendous ramifications, the whole relationship of the Jewish people through the city of Hebron and what that meant exactly. After all, King David reigned in Hebron for seven years before he was able to reign in Jerusalem. So the whole idea of, of Hebron, which is a, an expression of connection and the whole idea is also the root of Haver, which is friend, which is Abraham to God. And that whole thing is remarkable. And of course, that the idea of what the double cave is really all about how it's the birth how it is the the place of burial of, of adam and eve and and the those couples abraham and isaac and and uh jacob and leah and Yitzhak and and rivka and also the idea of it being the entrance to the garden of eden which we, we've spoken about many times it's very very beautiful but i, I just wanted to say you know when you look at the torah portion uh, as a, as a whole what we're struck with is the idea that it is basically um, all about continuation. So first, first of all, it's right. about the fa the family unit. Yeah, that is the most important thing of all. You know, finding a wife for Yitzchak. Yitzchak, now that he's been through the Akedah, now that he's been through that experience, and he really, in a way, became a man through that experience. He took his stand for God. Now he's ready to bring the next generation into the world. So that's the most important thing of all, Jim, the, the continuation, yeah. the legacy of giving something over. And, 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 and that's why, you know, for, first of all, again, it, the whole idea of it being called the, the Torah portion of the life of Sarah, when it really begins with her death, 
And that dovetails with this idea, well, why is she the first person ever whose burial is described in such detail that he went out of his way to, to, to find this place where she would be and the eulogy. And, you know, you're, I know you're familiar with the idea that the, the um, sanctification of life is what gives meaning to death. In other words, what? yeah, there were many, many generations that died. But if a person doesn't really live, so what is the significance of death? So that's one of the amazing things about Sarah, about who she was, because she's really the strength of the house of Abraham. She was a greater prophet than Abraham. She was right. the mother of Israel, right? She's the mother of Israel. And so, and so she is really, um, her, the, her, her loss was, was, was a very palpable loss. But also what we, what we learned from the whole idea of the eulogy and of the burial place, especially the spiritual significance of, of Maratha Machpelah, is it's a it's an allusion to the whole concept of our belief in the eternity of the soul. Right, right. And the death is not the end, yeah. and that the soul is forever, which is such yeah. an important principle. Isn't it? Isn't it also? It, it comes. It comes at a perfect place after after Avraham Avinu has has displayed what made him right to be the progenitor. Of, of the 12 tribes and eventually the nation of Israel. Isn't this really a celebration? The fact that this one man had such an impact that he, he he's there to change the world, that he has a wife, and this is a woman who also, uh, her death did not diminish what she had passed on to the world. Her legacy, that's why we talk about the marriage, her legacy is carried on with with Rep, uh, Rivka, with Rebecca, in that, in fact, they even they even make an allusion to the fact that her spirit, part of her spirit, was was sort of passed on to Rivka. In that, right, that he took her into into his mother's tent, and then the light right. returned, the dough returned, the, the bless the blessing right. returned, the and the exactly so the life of the life of Sarah and her contribution, her ideas and her faithfulness in her husband and her love for her son and her love for the the mission of the of the people of Israel that didn't die with her it it was this is exactly. right isn't this why it's called the lies exactly the exactly is reflected in all the matriarchs she's the template for for the matriarchs and and for not only a jewish woman a, a jewish mother and a wife but for all women this is this dispels the idea uh that that the the quote you know our, our Tanakh is called the old testament by others is the idea that the uh, the Old Testament doesn't like women or it's anti-woman. This is a celebration of a woman whose life was lived fully and completely, right? Absolutely. And again, people who talk like that are just ignorant. It's just, I'm not, it's just so silly to say something like that because, they, because the whole Torah is a celebration of womanhood. Yeah, right. it really is a you know the, the spiritual stature of a woman is so high. But I, I want to say this about this part show because again, it, it's very enigmatic that there are basically two things. There's there's the death of Sarah and her burial, and there is the the finding of the wife for Yitzchak, which in itself is a lesson that would take us two thousand years to to discuss it. You know, the the prayer of Eliezer and how he was answered even before he finished praying, and how she came out. I mean, it's unbelievable. And why why was that so important that Rivka offered the water because of he was really looking for a a woman who would who would be effusing the attribute of Chesed because that was Abraham's household. So it has to be someone that would be able to continue that loving kindness. But I want to say. The, the, in the two things that are here, I see this tremendous confluence with the time that we're living in, the tremendous uh, synchronicity with everything that's going on now, because you have, you have the death of Sarah, and you have the family units. And again, like what, what my whole framework is now, and everything that I'm doing with my time, you know, trying to contribute to the, the war effort by alleviating the suffering of, of these families and by, and by increasing our capacity for, for self-defense and security and all the things that I'm trying to do now throughout Israel. You know, um, the family unit is what's being attacked. The family unit is what's being attacked. When the terrorists came and, they, and their plan 
and they, and, you know, there have been those that have been caught and interrogated. Their plan was to kill family by family. That was their instructions. Their instructions yeah. were to execute and burn and, and, and mutilate families. And, 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 and because we are a family, because Israel is one family and because everybody is completely just uh, consumed with this, th this pain and everybody, besides the fact that everybody, and there isn't a single family that doesn't know another family personally. But again, like if you, our listeners and viewers can go to the Times of Israel they have a whole section there called, I think, called about the people that we've lost. And it's a whole, they have different vignettes of people that are either presumed kidnapped or, or that have been proven to be killed. And again, we don't even know yet for sure about hundreds of people because they were so badly burned and mutilated that the DNA is so hard to get. It's just horrific. But read about who these people were. Some of the most beautiful people in the world and the children and the teens and the old people and the professionals. It's just unbelievable, right? So their plan was to destroy the family unit. And the pain of the families is so powerful now. But what Chayesara teaches us is about the continuation. That's why the Haftarah, that's why the prophetic reading for this Shabbat is from First Kings, from the beginning of First Kings. And it's all about David's promise to Bathsheba that King Solomon would be king. Yep. You know, because, because that when David p passes, what is going to be the continuation of, of his legacy? Because it's all about legacy. And so I, I got to tell you these two things together. You know, the the idea of the, of the of the family unit being under attack. And again, look at the look at the like you said, you brought this out, and, and it was a very powerful point that you mentioned. Those that are leading the protests and and the hate filled rallies, these are people who basically are also anti family units. They are. Other, other than the Muslims themselves, that's another thing. I guess they have a completely different conception of, of family because they're willing to sacrifice their, their children on that altar. But, the, but, the, but there's something so skewed about the whole thing. So Chayesara is emphasizing the family unit, its holiness. It's emphasizing the sanctification of life, that that's what gives meaning to death. And again, uh, I'm speaking from this situation of so many funerals, so many eulogies, so much loss. But you know, one thing that is amazing and inspiring and powerful um, that you find about the people of Israel, when parents, God forbid, are dealing with this kind of loss, you know, and, and they have to eulogize their own children, God forbid, no one should ever know from such horrible, horrible suffering, you know, a fallen soldier or, or someone that was killed. And the parents never question Hashem's will. And the parents know that, that the creator of the universe is on our side and that the soul of a child is only given to us on deposit for our, for our, safe, for our safe keeping. And even parents who've lost children are so filled with hope and so inspiring and their loss is devastating and it's horrific, but they also are express such a, a cognizance of the fact that like I've been saying that we're part of something much bigger than ourselves and that the creator is on our side and that he will see us through this to his, to his will, to his plan. And that's really the sanctification of life. You know, when a person can ha have the ability not to blame Hashem and not to, and not to have any sort of, of a claim against him, but to, but to realize that, that the life that a person lives is what gives meaning to death. And, and that life that they, that they led is the proof of the eternity of the soul. Again, it's like I said, I, 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 I really am not interested in convincing anyone, but it's maddening, you know, the haters who simply choose to, to, um, show what they're made of to reveal their hatred of, of the Jewish people, which is really to reveal their hatred of, of the God of Israel. It really is. Nothing's, nothing's changed on that, on that count. But I think that these themes that come together in the, in the portion really strengthen us and really show us a, a tremendous, um, you know, uh, again, a, a certain, a certain kind of um, synchronization. Yeah. And it's also in Hashem's it's, calendar. Yeah. Again, it's the affirmation of what, what, uh, what brought a lot of us to Torah that, that didn't grow up with it is the fact that the, the teachings are all very much about living and, and keeping alive and, and, uh, and leaving a legacy of that. 
And I've certainly learned that from you and, and, and from the Torah. And Jim, isn't that all that Israel is trying to do now? Is yeah. keep alive, keep the legacy alive, and and um, the fact that this that that one of the fronts that we have to fight now in this onslaught is just in defending our right to be alive is only more yeah. proof of the of the depth of the evil. And only more proof of the depth of uh, and of this enemy that we're fighting, and it's not confined to Israel. Israel is just the the point of the spear, you know, the yeah. the the nucleus of 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 this spiritual explosion that's going on all over the world in Hashem's timing for us to do our part in in the redemption is really what it's all about. It's another sign of the time that we live in that we are, as you keep pointing out, we're in a a, a vast sea of change. And people are waking up, thank God, that we're really waking up, not woke. You know, to me, woke means people who wake up that day and think that's when the world began. And so they don't have to look at history for any kind of frame of reference or any way to be taught, because all they know is what they know that day they woke up. I thank you, Jim, and I bless and thank everyone that is coming to Israel's side and standing up for Hashem's honor for the and for the right of Israel to exist and standing up in the name of everything that's right in the world. There's a lot of good people out there, and this is my one opportunity for me to really extend our heartfelt appreciation because it takes courage and it ta and it takes a, a lot of yeah. fortitude to stand up for the right thing in the atmosphere that's that's going on out there. Yeah, and um, Hashem will, God bless you. will see. Keep, keep your keep your your boys safe, and, and all the Amen. boys, and, and all the women and men who Amen. are out Thank there. Thank you so much, and may Hashem hear our fervent prayers, and may we merit to continuously choose to do the right thing, and bring the light of Hashem's blessing and Torah into the world. And again, Israel doesn't want to fight anybody. Israel wants to survive. And Israel is really looking for the unity and harmony of all humanity. That's the promise of every prophet of Israel. And that's really where, hopefully, we're going to be going. So may Hashem give us the merit to see it through. And may He protect the courageous soldiers of the IDF as they... Stare evil in the face and eradicate it. Amen. Shalom, shalom.